Every day of our life should be a celebration of our Father and everything that he's given us. And the world has a bunch of chaos going on, but we don't have to be a part of it. We can just be a part of the celebration of what he's done for us, what he's given us, who he is, the almighty God. Our everlasting father, our good shepherd, our protector, the lover of our souls, the giver of every good gift. A love that knows no end, no beginning, no end, forever and ever. Regardless of you, regardless of your mistakes, he's just pouring out his love at all times. So it's time to celebrate. It is time to celebrate what he's done. If you think about it, he has rescued you. He has rescued me. He has delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness. He has transplanted us into the kingdom of light where we can know his glory. So hallelujah. He just said, I want you to celebrate me. I want you to celebrate what I've done. And so we just need to focus on that. We need to focus that no matter what's going on around us, we can live in the joy of the Lord. Every moment of every day. He's not circumstantial. He's not circumstantial. He's above it all. And we may, may face, you know, difficult circumstances, but the blood has allowed us to be victorious over every bit of darkness or upsetness or turmoil or whatever that this world can bring, right? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, and I'm going to start in Romans 8. I put the scriptures on here because they're bigger. And that way I don't have to struggle reading this. So anyway, I want to go to Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed, get this, to be conformed to the image of his son. See, this is, this is God's destiny for us. This is God's plan for us. This is how God sees you. This is how God saw you before you were ever born. Okay? That he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. We serve such a loving, kind God. This is how he sees you all the time. Now, he's called everybody. He's called everybody to be in relationship. Not everybody answers. 
Not everybody chooses him, okay? But those who choose him, he's always, always working for our good because he is so kind and so merciful and so gracious. And when it says here, this, see this, it says, for those God foreknew, okay, you can think of that two ways. He foreknew you in that he knew you before you were born. He knew all about you, everything about you. But he also foreknew who was, he also foreknew who was going to choose to be in relationship with him. He wants everyone to be in relationship with him. Some choose that, some don't choose that. He also predestined every single person choosing him has been destined, has a destination of being conformed completely into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And he sent the Holy Spirit to help us do that. Do you all believe me? Yeah, I hope so, because it says so right here in the Word. And that might seem like a really big thing, because all of y'all sitting here and saying, oh, but I make so many mistakes. Yeah, well, he already knew that, too. He still has a good plan and a good vision for you. He still has the plan, always, that you will be, that you are conformed into the image of Christ. Hallelujah. What a wonderful Father we serve. You know, if parents were like that, if every parent if every parent spoke to their child that way, raised their children to believe that, what a different world we would have. And even you as grandparents, you can make that change in your grandchildren's life. You can help that come to pass in your grandchild's life or, or your niece or your nephew. You speak words of life. You speak the word. You teach them the word. So anyway, you know, then the child, of course, still has to make choices in accordance with that. But as you've raised them to know who they are in Christ, to believe that they are Christ-like, you raise them that way, and it makes it so much easier for them to make those choices because they believe it in their heart. They have a faith for it. They have a courage for it. They have a strength for it. Okay? And that's, a, that's the most important thing we can do as parents, our grandparents, our nieces, our, our um, aunts, our uncles, our friends. Anyway, be conformed to his image. And then go down here, and it says, listen to this. It says, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So it says, those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. That's not something you receive just when you go to heaven. You know, we all talk about it that way, and we all know that that's going to happen, that, that, you know, it'll be even more awesome in heaven. But he has actually predestined you as a believer in his son to be glorified. This is past tense, so it can't be just when you're going to heaven. It can't be. It says, he also glorified. You are glorified through the blood. Through the blood of Jesus Christ. When you make him your Lord and Savior. You understand that? 
I think that's awesome once we accept Christ. So I went to Strong's, and predestined means to foreordain. He has foreordained this for you. He is predetermined. He has marked you out beforehand. Now it's your choice, but that's his intent. Okay? And, uh, and when we think of the fact that he foreknew and he predestined you. So God knew that those who would choose to have a personal relationship with him, he has predetermined, marked out beforehand to be like Jesus. That's something to celebrate. That's something to be encouraged by. That's something to jump up and say, glory, hallelujah. I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to talk that. I'm going to believe that. I'm having faith in Christ for that. And in Rotherham's, I, I like this verse of, of 828. It says, we know further that unto them who love God, okay, who in here loves God? Okay, then this is you. God causes all things to work together for good unto them according to purpose. That would be the purpose of God are such as he has called. He has a purpose in calling you, and that is to make you like Jesus. You are co-heirs with Jesus, heirs of God. Direct heirs, direct heirs of God. You think about that. Wow, that's incredible. So that's how he sees you. That's your destiny in him. And so I thought of several things, you know, in, out of the scripture that are things to celebrate, that, that, that bring this into effect in our own lives. And I know you can think of personal things in your own life that you celebrate, and that's awesome. But these are just some overarching principles that we are to be so thankful for. Anyway, the first one, we are born in, reborn, reborn into a new kingdom. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that I am reborn into light and I don't have to suffer the effects of darkness in my life. So one, that's eternity with God. Okay? Yes, of course, when you're saved, when you make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you get to spend, think about this, you get to spend all of eternity with the King of Kings, the God of light and love and no darkness. No crying, no tears, no pain, no suffering. You get to spend eternity in that place. Okay? And we all know John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but would have eternal life. For Jesus did not come to condemn the world. Right? but to save it. He did not come to condemn, but to save. And that's the vision that he wants for every single person. So he's translated, translated us, okay, that's eternity. Then we have the here and now. We have this life that we have to live where we can make a difference if we choose to believe the word, if we choose to believe what has already been done. Colossians 1, 12 and 13. 
and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. It's not something you earn. He has qualified you because you have believed on his son to share in the inheritance, okay? Think about what that means. That means whatever Christ is. Whatever Christ is, no less. Whatever he has, you have. You have access to that if you choose to believe it. If you choose to believe what Christ really did, okay? To share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Jesus brought us a kingdom of light. Okay? That's here and now. For he has rescued us. You have been rescued from the dominion, that means rulership, from the dominion, the rulership of darkness, and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. That's past tense. He already did it, already accomplished. Are you going to believe what God has given you? Are you really going to believe it? Are you really going to believe it? Into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption. That's every area of life. It's salvation, yes, but it includes everything. Redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Hallelujah. Okay, so we've been translated out of darkness into light. Next, we have been given the name above every name. Okay, now, please do not shut your brains off today. Because we are really going to look at what that means. Because in spirit-filled circles, we walk around and we say, I have the name of Jesus, it's above every other name. And I just wonder sometimes if we really take recognition of what that means, and we're going to go into it in some great depth today. Philippians 2, 7 through 11. Well, actually, I want to back up. What did I say? 2, 7? Philippians 2, 7? Oh, no, that's a good spot to start. In him, we have redemption through his blood. No, that's not it. Oh, that's one. Sorry. It would help if I went to the right epistle, and it would help if I went to the right chapter. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but okay. <laughs> We're going to back up to five. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. He wants you to think like he thought. He wants you to receive exactly what he received. So just have the same thought. Have the same mindset. Have the same attitude. It says, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. 
He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. He came as a servant. We're to serve one another. We're to serve God. We're to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. He came by, he came by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. That's you, okay? So if he did it, you can do it by the Holy Spirit. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. I don't know how many times I could just say the name Lordship, 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 Lordship. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God because his hand is only loving and good and kind and, and beautiful toward you. The Lordship of the world will destroy you. You may not think so at first, not you. That's a generic you. Nobody here is going to be destroyed because you're all going to be under the Lordship of Christ, right? But the Lordship of the world destroys. And it starts with a little bit. By becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross, therefore, the wonderful result, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every name, every knee should bow. Every knee. That doesn't leave out anything. What do you have in your life right now? You think about it. What do you have in your life right now that needs to bow to the name? It's done in Jesus. You see that? You understand? Anything, anything that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. That doesn't leave anything undone. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Remember last week we were talking about our whole goal is to glorify God. Our entire purpose is to glorify God, and he has given us the means to do it. Okay. So, in John 16, verse 23, we're going to talk more about the name. In that day, this is Jesus talking, you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. He is commissioning us right now to use his name. He is giving us complete authority to use his name. Complete. No reservations. Anything. When we submit it to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, he is giving us permission, he is commanding us, actually, to use his name. Now, why, if you're given something, wouldn't you try to understand what it really means and use it? Okay? Very truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Hallelujah. Celebrate. Celebrate the gift. Though I have been speaking figuratively 
A time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my father. In that day, and believe me, we can understand plainly about the father. He doesn't keep any secrets. We have the Holy Spirit with us to do that very thing. Okay? In that day, you will ask in my name. See there? Right there, he gives it to you. Ask in my name. So we know it's above everything. We know every knee's going to bow. Now we have that authority. I'm just proving to you in the word so that we don't just float it around and fly it around and say, oh, the name of Jesus. So we understand the true victory. We understand the true power. We understand the true authority. We understand the true blessing that we have. It says, in that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. Now, does, he, does Jesus still intercede for you? Yes, he sits at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for the saints. The saints, that's any believer. Okay? But it says, I, in other words, you don't have to have him ask. You ask. You go to the Father. You be united to your dad. Don't be afraid of your dad. You go to him in the name of Jesus. Because through the blood, you have been given total access. The veil was torn. No division. So, I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No. The Father himself loves you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you, Father. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me. So simple. So absolutely simple. And when we love Jesus, we, the whole grand, glorious, magnificent completeness of God is opened up to us. We walk in an open heaven. You aren't under a brass ceiling. I'm not under a brass ceiling. Every single person in here who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ is connected in the supernatural to the Father. You can see the ministering angels. You can know that they are there for you. They go back and forth ministering for us according to the word of God. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God just because you decided to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You have a right to use his name. So as we submit every situation to his lordship, Christ in us brings victory. Okay. You know, doesn't the scripture say in Colossians 1.27, Christ, the hope of glory? That's Christ in you now, the hope of glory. And we already read about how you've been glorified. So we become more than conquerors in every situation. Because why? Why? Because when Jesus comes to a situation, 
When he comes to a situation, what comes to bear? The entire word of God. The entire word of God. So why do you think it's important for us to know the word of God? So you can open that treasury and say, this is for me. I believe it. I know it. I have a treasury beyond all compare. You are not impoverished at all in any area of life. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic background. It doesn't matter your education. You see? A believer in Christ has a treasury untold. Wow. I could just run and sing and dance all day. We have been, basically, we have been given the entire fullness of Christ. So why would you listen to the devil or agree with him? Because he's already been put to shame. Don't shame. <laughs> don't walk in that. See? Don't agree with him. Don't walk in that. Okay. So we're more than conquerors. Romans 8, 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Okay. Now, this is what the Lord has really been speaking to me a lot since October, and, and I know more and more is going to be revealed over time. But, and I know you all know this, but we're going to study it all together so we all get a greater depth and a greater revelation of it so that it becomes more of a reality, a, a, a living outward in our lives. Okay? The name is Jesus. But when you say Jesus, you're not just saying a term. It's not just a word. It's not just, you understand what I'm saying? Think about a person's name. Think about their word. When you think about a person's name, do you just think, oh, K? No, you don't just think, okay. No, when you think about K, and you can't even help it, okay? You think about someone who knows servanthood. You think about someone who tries to build community. You think about someone who has a great sense of humor, right? You just don't think about this term K. You think about the whole package of who she is. You think about her character. You think about her nature. You understand what I'm saying? It's not just a word. So when you say a person's name, it brings their entirety into your presence. Well, when we say the name Jesus, it brings his entirety into our presence. See? He is of his word. He is who his word says he is. It's his whole character. It's his whole nature. It's his whole being. Living, active. You understand that? So, it tells us that Jesus is God made flesh. Jesus is the word made flesh. 
It's not just this ephemeral thought. It's a living here, physical reality. He's flesh. Let's read it. John 1, 1 through 3, and then 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is the Word we've been given. This is God. It's living. It's active, and I'm going to show you why. Okay. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You cannot divide the two. You can't divide them. You can't separate them. And they never change. It never changes. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Nothing. In him was life. Hallelujah. In him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. He's your light in the here and now. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, and it never will. Never will. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay, I know you all have heard that over and over and over, but we're going to take it to a whole new level today. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But it isn't only dwelling among you, it is in you. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. All grace, all truth, all glory. The glory of God himself. Witnessed in our being. Praise you, Father. So, when you see Jesus, you see the glory of God. When you bring Jesus to bear on a situation, you bring the glory of God to bear on your situation. There is nothing counter to that that can survive. You just apply it diligently. Now, I don't think Ken would mind if I tell this story, and I kind of probably told it like years ago, but, you know, when we first got married, his parents really didn't like me at all. I mean, you know, we got along. But getting along was not enough for me because that is not the type of relationship that God has for the ones that he connects us, to whom he connects us, right? So the Lord pretty much just commanded me to get in Proverbs and underline anything about how God saw relationships. Every morning, Turn I unto 10, 15 years with nobody knowing I would confess those scriptures. So don't tell me 
that there's something that is looming in your life that is against the word that cannot be conquered through Christ. Okay? And now his mom is like, like my best friend. She's an awesome grandma to the kids. There's unity, there's love, there's, there's no animosity, there's nothing. And frankly, even prior to the time his dad died, at one point, and it was actually on our 15-year anniversary, I remember it to this day, he called me to wish us happy anniversary, and he said, I was against you. See, but God broke through that. I mean, he literally told me that. He said, I was against you. But see, God breaks the barriers. The word breaks the barriers. And he said, I was wrong and I apologized. And I said, well, I wasn't always the sweetest either. <laughs> I, I, I didn't mean not to be sweet, but I wasn't going to settle either. And, you know, that can bring up a lot of turmoil sometimes if you're not going to compromise on what you see right here. You know? So anyway. So it was all good. Ended up great. Wonderful. So the word, I'm talking literally. The word is Jesus. It is all of who he is. All of what he is. The word is Jesus and his entire likeness and being. It is completely incorruptible. It is completely unchangeable. It is completely undefeatable. So, when you sow the word, right here, what are you putting into your heart, your spirit, your soul, your body? Yes, your body too. Don't eliminate the physical things. You are sowing incorruptibility into yourself. Did you ever think about that? You are sowing the very incorruptibility of the Father, the Spirit God, the one who is more than enough, who is greater than anything, who will never be shaken, who will never be changed. <coughs> you are sowing that very incorruptibility into yourself. It has physical changes. It makes physical changes. It makes spiritual changes. It's not just a philosophy. It's not just a theology. Are you getting what I'm saying? Why do you think it can bring healing to a physical body? Right? So we are sowing incorruptibility, immovability, inability to be shaken. Overcoming power. Hallelujah. No matter what. No matter what the circumstance. 
How many in here think that's something to celebrate? Yeah. Me too. I really do. Me too. So, now we know Jesus is alive. Okay, but we're going to really wrap our hearts around it today. Jesus is alive. His, his, his word is alive. It's effective. His word, I'm going to read the scripture here in a minute. But his word is a living thing, bringing actual life, okay? It's like water to plants. You water a plant, it brings life. Streams of living water, Holy Spirit, the Word, they bring life. Okay, Romans 6, 9. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Can't. Death no longer has mastery over him. And death and darkness no longer have mastery over you. And you might say, well, Lisa Marie, I'm going to die someday. No, you're really not. You're just going to be translated from this presence into God's presence. You see what I'm saying? You know, people always say, well, yeah, I'm going to die. Why? What, what, what's the point of that scripture? Well, no, you're not. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you just pass from this realm into the heavenlies. You have nothing to lose. There's no loss in that. <laughs> There's gain in that. Like Paul said, right? It's better for me that I go. It's better for you that I stay because I can stay here and teach. That's what he was saying. Right? I can be a help. I can be God's instrument here on the earth. Okay. What, what greater uh, position could any of you have? Anytime you witness the love of Jesus to somebody, you're being his instrument. Whether you think it's important or not. So, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. For all. For everybody. Whether people receive it or not, it's up to them, but he did it for all. <clears throat> but the life he lives, he lives to God. And that's what we do through him. In the same way, okay, get a hold of this. In the same way, God sees you the same through the blood as Jesus. In the same way, the same way. Count yourselves dead to sin. Any sin, any darkness. Count yourselves victorious. Count yourselves oblivious to that. Count yourselves not of that. You see? Count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. He 
Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is alive and active. It is alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, <coughs> joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Wow. How close are the joints and marrow? It divides you. It divides you from the world. In your own life, it divides you from sin. It shows you the difference between death and life. It is so living, so alive, so accurate, so penetrating, that it even tells the difference between your attitudes. It will help you judge your attitudes. It will help you do things purely for God and not out of manipulation. Because manipulation, when you try to uh, manipulate someone or a situation, it is an entrapment. It helps you live in the purity of the love of God from a pure heart. Think about someone who's trapped in sin that's harming you, okay? Maybe you don't have someone like that, but maybe you have in the past. The word will actually help you look at that person and see the darkness that they're in and love on them. It will help you love your enemies, which are spirits, not people, because you will understand that those spirits are motivating that person, that they cannot exist, that darkness cannot remain, that the word will change that, that the love of Christ, which is more powerful than any other force, will bring that person into redemption in that area. You don't do it just so that you are no longer pained. You do it because the love of Christ reaches that person and brings them new life in that area and reunites re, um, them into fellowship with God in that area. So you don't look at it anymore as poor me, this person is hurting me. And you're not tolerating the sin because you're applying the word. You see that? Does that make sense? All right. So that was a big side thing. I don't even know what's going to get into it, so I don't remember where I was. In the beginning was the Word, right? Is that where I was? No. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, and penetrates even to the dividing of soul and the spirits and the joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Okay, now... Let me just explain to you, if none of you have heard the testimony of when I was in hospital, go get the CD or, or call me or, some, or text me or something, and maybe I can figure out how to send you a link because 
that would be give a fuller description. But let me tell you something. Here when we're saying the word is alive and he's saying here it's alive and active, believe me, it really is alive. I mean, it really is alive. When I was laying there on that rock pillar I told you about face down, the prayers were moving. They were changing form. They had different pictures. They had different colors. They were living. Anything spoken of the word, your prayers by the word, they truly were alive. So don't just take this as like, oh, it's going to work. They are living. They are moving. They are active. The only thing that separated me were the prayers of the saints. I mean, I had to agree. Like I said, whenever that week was, three weeks ago, when I said that, I said, I do, the Lord did not tell me this, but I do believe had I chosen... I could have gone with him. I didn't have that desire. But had not the saints been praying, how different might that have been? They actually formed a transparent, moving, colorful, beautiful um, pictures like you can't even believe between me and moving on. Oh gosh, does that just sound freaky to you guys? I am not trying to freak anybody out. But <laughs> it was the to- it, that is that, that is true. And it was like this portal between me. There was a there was a thing of the prayers. Now I had to agree with that. You know, so that when God said I'm taking you home, I said, "No offense, Lord, but I really don't want to come with you. I want to go back. I want to see my family." I want to be with my family. I want to be with my kids. I want to be with my husband. I have a whole lot more that I want to do for you. His very words were, I'm glad you agree with me. You see? Agreement matters. Those prayers were moving. You have to agree with the word if you want the effects of the word. Who is the word? Christ. Christ is the word. That's why he said that rock that I was laying on was Jesus. The foundation was Jesus. I'm laying face down. I can't do anything. Wow, just the lack of fear, the peace, the love. It's all for you now. It's all for me now. He doesn't want it to be different here than there. Yeah. He doesn't want there to be a difference. And he's given us everything we need so there will not be a difference. And so that you can bring others into the difference that he makes. 
So, Jesus is in us. His word is in us. It is alive. It is corruptible. It is bringing incorruptibility when we plant it. It is in us. It is already in you. We just conform to him. We choose to conform to him or we choose not to conform to him. And when we conform, that light shines. There is nothing but light and darkness. There's no gray. There's no in-between. There, wasn't sh- there were not shades of gray when he took me where he took me. It was either light or dark. It was either word or no word. So when you stand on the word and you, when you get in someone's face in a nice way, <laughs> when you won't be moved, I, I am often accused of being stubborn, unyielding, <laughs> but the word is the word. Okay. Galatians 2.20, I'm going to prove to you that Christ is in you by the word. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. When you bring that situation into his lordship. Your will, not mine, Lord. Isn't that what Jesus said? Your will. I want to please you. I want to please you no matter what it takes. Colossians 1.27. To them, that means believers, God has chosen to make known the, among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery which is Christ in you. That is a glorious mystery. How does it happen? It happens because he called you and predestined you to choose him. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Say that, Christ in me. The hope of glory. (coughs) Celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. Hallelujah. Jesus the word dwells in you to effect change. To bring change. So long as we stay submitted to him in any area. Nothing too big, nothing too hard, nothing too little, nothing too unimportant. That means that Jesus, the alive, the active, the ever sharp sword, the word, living, creating, That means that it becomes alive in us. It is alive when we plant it in us, and it reformulates us. It changes you. It it brings light to the darkness, but it changes who you are. It even renews your actual flesh. It rebirths your entire nature. 
That means healing for your bodies. 1 Peter 2.24 means healing for your bodies. It means renewing of your soul. That's your mind, will, and your emotions. Nothing off limits to him. Nothing unreachable by him. It means peace, that you can walk in peace in the midst of every turmoil, torment, circumstance, storm in life. You can walk maintaining peace. Not moved by the circumstances, not shifted about, you know, by the winds of doctrine and, and shifting sand. Okay, your foundation doesn't have to be stolen from you. It means that our minds can be renewed to a higher plane. His, his reality, not, not what we see here. It means that we have freedom from fear, freedom from oppression, freedom from depression. That's where he wants us to walk. It means we can be free from the torment of our soul. What do you think it means when it says, you know, that we can be free indeed in Christ? That's what it means. He gives peace to those whose minds are stayed on him. Isaiah. Soundness of mind. Creative ideas. Think about that. Do you think God is creative? Well, so are you. The imaginativeness of God. Think of everything he created. See the imagination that he had. Well, he's given that to you, too, to succeed, to do things for him here. Provision, provision for the affairs of life. That means wisdom, wisdom for every situation that you face, (coughs) wisdom for the things that you need, but it also means materially, material provision. He did, after all, place you in a material environment, right? Well, he didn't place you here and say, well, you can't have it or, you know, there'll never be enough. Right? He's the God of more than enough. He's the El Shaddai. Okay, next. Forgiveness through the blood. You do not have to be haunted by your past. You can choose to be haunted by your past. Just like you can choose Jesus or not choose Jesus. But he's redeemed you. He's designed you to walk in redemption from the torment and the lies of the devil. So you receive redemption. You receive forgiveness through the blood. A submitted life is a free life. A submitted life is a free life. A submitted life is a fierce life for God. Okay, Ephesians 1, 7. I'm going to go there. (coughs) In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us, With all wisdom and understanding, with all wisdom and understanding, he made known. He made known to us 
the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. Wow, this is a mouthful, beloved. Which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Do you or do you not believe that you have unity with your Father through the blood? All right. If you have unity with the Father through the blood, then anything that you put under the blood is brand new. Because there can be no darkness with your Father. It is newness of life. So why are so many people living tormented by their past? It's only because they haven't repented. Ooh, that was ouch. But there can be no other reason. Either it's, well, there might be a second reason. The second would reason would be you've repented, but you're allowing the devil to tell you that you haven't. And so you're allowing the devil to remind you and remind you and remind you. But the Lord says that when you've submitted something to his lordship, that it is forgotten. It is as far from the east as as far as the east is from the west, they don't meet. You see? So two reasons. Paul said he had wronged no man. Well, <laughs> that's because he got to know the reality of Christ. The true realness of Christ in his life. And he wasn't going to be held down by the shackles of unforgiveness either toward others or toward himself. You see, you have to forgive yourself too. Okay. So, this is forgiveness. We're learning, we, we just read about forgiveness. And it is complete unity with your Father. Can you believe that? Can you believe that that is what Jesus purchased for you? Here. Now, you don't have to live a divided life. Every relationship, every circumstance, no darkness, no separation, that was God's purpose, which he designed you to receive, your destiny and your destination, that was God's purpose in sending Jesus. So we have to see this as our destination. We have to see this as our, as how God sees us. This is how God talks to us. You see that? He speaks to us in ways of peace. He doesn't speak to us in ways of condemnation. Jesus came not to condemn, but to save. Rescue. Okay, next. You receive protection. Protection through the blood and the body of Christ. 1 Peter 2.28, healing, physical healing, 
he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness by his wounds. You have been healed. By his wounds, you have been healed. Salvation, we've talked on that already a little bit. That's eternally, yes, salvation eternally, but it is in the here and now in every situation that we face. It is, it is basically a highway to the fullness of Christ. Right? The roadmap to the fullness of Christ. The victor's crown. All that he has for us. Union with the Father. He is our overseer. He is our protector. I'm going to give you three scriptures on that. 1 Peter 2.25 For you, you, me, were like sheep going astray. That's before you knew Christ. But now you have been returned to the shepherd. You have been returned to your shepherd, an overseer of your souls. How much comfort does that give you that he is overseeing your soul? You have the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit now to help you to be an overseer, to guide you and direct you out of things that would harm your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Let's get real about it, right? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See that? You need to see the Lord as your shepherd. You need to see who Jesus was. You need to understand that he is still your overseer with a loving and kind and good heart. Joshua 24, 17. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our fathers out of Egypt from that land of slavery, of slavery, and performed those great signs before our eyes. How many great signs has he performed before your very eyes? How many great things has the Lord done for you? We're intended to recall them so that when we get in a difficult spot, he did it before, he'll do it again. <coughs> he never changes. He protected us on our entire journey. You are protected on your entire journey, even if you don't see it at times. You have angels round about you. You have the word to guide you. You have the Holy Spirit to teach you. He is your protector. The Lord is your protector. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. All the nations, <coughs> every, every worldly circumstance, every discouragement, every problem, everything. Did anybody go and read Psalm 13 last week? Oh, Lord, how long? <laughs> well, just hang on, sweetheart. Hope and victory is right around the corner. 
it's, it's, it's here. It's for you. He's for you. He protected us on our entire journey and among all the nations through which we traveled. And the Lord drove out before us all nations, including the Amorites who lived in the land. Every darkness in your life he drives out when you are submitted to him. We too will serve the Lord because he is our God. He drove them out so they could take the land. What is the land? It is every single promise of the word, the active living word of God. He drives them out so you can take the land. No ifs, ands, or buts. Nothing left out. So, next we have God's wisdom. We have his peace for every affair in our life. We have the good counsel of God. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. His eye toward you is always love. It is always loving. It is always kind. It is always good. Always. <coughs> the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our counselor, our guide, the spirit of truth is here for us. John 14, 26. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, which to us has been sent, okay, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I said to you. So he is here to speak the word to you. He is here to remind you of the greatness of Jesus. He is here to remind you of the love of the Father. Everything that we've ever been taught. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. When you are on the rock, you will not be afraid of anything. Nothing. When you are situated on the rock, you will not be afraid. Because you will know that the word is true, it's alive, it cannot be beaten. Unless you agree with something else. Safety, Psalm 91, I'm not going to read it. Y'all know Psalm 91, I hope. <coughs> so, our destiny, this is our destiny, this is what he has for us. Man, this is a huge package, guys. It is huge. And all we have to do is agree with it. All we have to do is believe it. All things are possible with God. His design is for us to live in the completeness of Christ and in our Father's love at all moments in time. 
how can we not celebrate this? How can we not celebrate who he has made us to be? How can we not celebrate what he has done? How can we not walk in complete trust of a beautiful father that has gifted all of this to us? 1 John 4, 9 through 11. This is how God showed his love among us. That's Jesus. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. We can live through Jesus. We can be his manifestation here. We can be the word. We're intended to be that. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. We might live through him. In other words, we go through the filter of Jesus. We go forth through the filter of Christ. And we have access to everything Jesus. You have total access to everything Jesus. We submit to him, and we grow to be like him. We have to submit. That we might live through him, this is love. Not that we love God. Do you want to love God? Of course. But thank you that he did not make that the requirement for you getting to be united with, you know, that he first loved us is what I'm saying. You have to love him to be united, but you understand what I'm saying. He didn't make that the first requirement. He loved you first. He loved you first. He loved you first. When you were unlovable, when you were in sin, This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, you're now called his friend. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And you are totally able to do that through him no matter the situation or the person. I'm going to go back to Romans. We started in Romans 8. <coughs> and I'm going to go back to Romans 8, 29. For those God foreknew, and he knew everyone before they were born, he predestined to be conformed to his image. You either choose it or you don't choose it. But he foreknew everyone and predestined them to be conformed. Gave the way for every person to be conformed to the image of Jesus. He didn't just pick a select group. He predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be Jesus, he, Jesus, might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he also called. Everybody's called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. When you choose him. 
What then shall we say in response to these things? Well, hallelujah, I have to say hallelujah. Time to celebrate. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to take you at your word because I want everything you have to offer me. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He is not against you. He is for you. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Don't worry about it, sweetheart. If someone has something to say, if it's not out of the word, you see, you don't need to be condemned by it. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? When you're in Christ, who is the one who condemns? No one. No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Right now. Right now, he's interceding for you. He knows everything you're going to face today, tomorrow, and the next day. And he's interceding on your behalf. <clears throat> Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Are you a sheep to be slaughtered? I don't think so. I know so. I know you're not a sheep to be slaughtered because you have a good shepherd who has redeemed you. No. In all these things, and there was this big long list up above, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, convinced, be convinced, be convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future or any, or any powers, any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation. Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. That's something to celebrate. No matter what's happening, we can celebrate. We should celebrate. How could we live any other way? Okay, so that's what the Lord would have me share with you today. So we're going to take communion.